0: It is a joyous declaration. Jesus says, it is finished. My mission is complete. I have accomplished the will of my Father, and I died for the sins of humanity on the cross. And he said it with joy. You are listening to a message preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine, California. For more information about Forward Church, please visit forward.fm. God dies. Romans chapter five, verse six through eight says this. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The crucifixion. The Bible gives us some details about the crucifixion. However, since few people in the modern era have ever personally witnessed our crucifixion, it's important that we examine it in detail to understand and fully appreciate the suffering of Jesus Christ. Imagine a long wooden stake being run through a person's midsection. And that stake then being driven into the ground with the impaled person left to die slowly over the course of many days. It is believed that this kind of torture may, in fact, be the earliest form of crucifixion. The Romans perfected crucifixion. They reserved it as the most painful mode of execution for the most despised people, such as slaves, the poor, and Roman citizens guilty of the worst high treason. These soldiers performing the crucifixions, they tried to outdo one another. They experimented with various kinds of torture. They learned more ways to prolong the pain and the agony. And as a young boy, Jesus may have viewed crucifixions in Judea because there was a Jewish uprising against the Romans that resulted in a mass crucifixion of about 2,000 Jews in AD 4 at the time of the death of Herod. The pain of crucifixion is so horrendous that a word was invented to explain it, excruciating, which literally means from the cross. The victim was affixed to the cross with either rope or nails. And the pain of crucifixion is due in part to the fact that it is a prolonged and agonizing death by asphyxiation. Crucified people could hang on the cross for anywhere from three to four hours or for as long as nine days, passing in and out of consciousness as their lungs struggled to breathe while laboring under the weight of their body. This is what Jesus did for you and for me. This is what our sin caused in an effort to end the torment It was not uncommon for those being crucified to slump on the cross to empty their lungs of air and thereby hasten their death. None of this was done in dignified privacy, but rather it was done in open public places. It would be like nailing a bloodied naked man above the front entrance to a local mall. Crowds would gather around the victims to mock them as they sweated in the sun, bled, and died. Once dead, some victims were not given a decent burial, but rather left on the cross for vultures to pick apart from above while dogs chewed on the bones that fell to the ground. The ancient Jewish historian Josephus called crucifixion the most wretched of deaths. The ancient Roman philosopher Cicero asked that decent Roman citizens not even speak of the cross because it was too disgraceful a subject for the ears of decent people. The Jews also considered crucifixion the most horrific mode of death. And we read in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 22 and 23, it says this, if a man has committed a crime punishable by death and he is put to death and you hang him on a tree his body shall not remain all night on the tree but you shall bury him by this, on the same day for a hanged man is cursed by God Jesus was cursed on our behalf he experienced the most wretched of deaths reserved for the most horrific of criminals for us And my friends, it's not that Jesus died for us corporatively. No, he died for you individually. It wasn't some sort of bundled package where he's gonna die for the whole world. No, when Jesus died on the cross, he had you in mind. He had your name in mind. He had your face in mind. He had your life in mind. If you're here today, Jesus died for you personally and specifically, this is what he did. We have to talk about the cross. When Jesus is crucified, there's something that happens. There's something that happens tonight. We're not here coincidentally. There's The whole world is is groaning and and, and rumbling about a savior. Everybody wants peace and and joy and, and people look for it in all the wrong places and we come tonight together to celebrate something that Jesus did. It's the result that the powers that have locked up the world in corruption and decay and death are being overthrown tonight, amen? That is the victory of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is, from now on, he's running the show. It's not our government. It's not the way we try to control our life. Jesus runs the show. Even though it doesn't look like it, and here's why. Here's why for you and for me very often it doesn't look like Jesus is in control. My friends, because we have the wrong idea of what power looks like and how it works. And so if we take the New Testament seriously, we ought to see that the crucifixion of Jesus is the means by which God's kingdom is actually launched on earth as in heaven. My friends, today, Good Friday, is the day the revolution began. The powers of this earth were defeated. This new world comes to birth. And in light of all of this, perhaps the most peculiar is the fact that the symbol for Jesus, which has become the most famous symbol in all of history, is the cross. Early believers adorned their necks and homes with crosses to celebrate the brutal death of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, the early Christians, they turned a symbol of terror and intimidation into a symbol of salvation and of hope. What to the world is foolishness? What to the world is weakness? What to the world is something that looks like a loss is actually victory and power to God. And that's what we Christians are celebrating today. So I wanna, I wanna talk about what is the good news? Why do we call it Good Friday when we are talking about the death of Jesus Christ? Well, among the scandals of the cross that doesn't make sense to people is the fact that Christians or those who follow Jesus, we have called it the gospel or our good news. We celebrate it every year. If you think about Jesus' crucifixion, it was a hideously grotesque scene. And hundreds of years in advance, the prophet Isaiah prophesied about this. Here's how he saw it. We read in Isaiah, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised. We esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. Amen? Crucifixion usually kills by asphyxiation, in addition to other factors. The heart is deeply stressed. The body is traumatized. The muscles are devastated. There is severe blood loss. Doctors have thought that Jesus likely had a chest contusion and possibly a bruised Heart from falling with the cross on top of him, which caused an aneurysm. Jesus' heart would have been unable to pump enough blood, his lungs would have filled up with carbon monoxide. But listen to this Jesus not only lived through all of this, but he even spoke lucidly and clearly with enough volume to be heard by those present. When Jesus was going through this kind of suffering, he did it for you. He had you in mind. Likely sensing that he was having a heart attack, Jesus used his final moments to declare his victory over sin. In an effort to silence Jesus, the soldiers took a sponge, soaked in vinegar, possibly used in the public restroom as the ancient version of both toilet paper and disinfectant. And they put it on a stick and they try to shove it in his mouth. At last, with this foul taste on his lips, Jesus proclaimed in a loud voice of triumph, it is finished. Jesus didn't just die for the world corporately, he died for you personally and individually. And my question today is, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus was scourged and bled and died for you? Sin is a serious thing. It's so serious that it put Jesus in the cross and he was murdered because of what you and I did wrong. But Jesus still went to the cross and he still stayed on it and he died for you and for me. Why would we not want to trust our entire life to a savior such as this? That's what we're celebrating today on Good Friday. We, Jesus procured atonement for us What does this word mean? If you grew up in a church culture, you might have heard this. Atonement is the state of being reconciled. The meaning of this word is simply at one. The state of being reconciled, it is used to denote the effect which flows from the death of Christ. My friends, when Jesus declared, it is finished, when he said to tell it was, it was a joyous declaration. It wasn't like, man, I'm finally gonna go to God. Man, I'm, this suffering's finally over. No, it is a joyous declaration. Jesus says, it is finished. My mission is complete. I have accomplished the will of my Father and I died for the sins of humanity on the cross. And he said it with joy. It pleased God to bruise his son so that you and I can have eternal life. That's the God we worship. He's dying for us. But look at Jesus, even in his last words, when he said, it is finished, he's looking beyond his suffering to what he is doing for you and for me. He's looking beyond the suffering, beyond the pain. What does that give us? It frees us from our shame. It frees us from our guilt. And what Jesus did for us on the cross forgives my past, present, and future sin forever. There is no one on this earth or under it or above it that can come to me and say, you still have sin against you because I will show them my Savior who bled for me on the cross. And if he says it is finished, then so it is. So atonement is when alienation ceases and reconciliation is brought about. We've all experienced it when we got in a fight with somebody and we asked them to forgive us and they've forgiven us. And and when two opposing parties were completely against each other and they come together, they become at one. Oh, the great feeling it is. This is what Jesus does for us. The atonement of Jesus restores the disturbed relations between God and man, taking away the obstacles for their fellowship. My friends, God is so intent on fixing any fractures you have in your life that he will go as far as to give up his own son in order that you would have wholeness and completeness. That's how much God loves us. So at this moment of atonement, The atonement or the penalty for sin was made and the holiness, the righteousness and justice and wrath of God were satisfied in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This is why when Jesus finished his mission, here's what he said. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus reserved his final breath from the cross to shout his triumphant victory to the world by confirming that he had been restored to God the Father after atoning for human sin. Here's what happened. Jesus was done doing the job. Atonement was made. The price has been paid. And every single wrong thing that you and I have ever done, are doing or will do has been paid for because Jesus paid it all. That is so good to know. How could this not be a good Friday when I know my sins have been forgiven? How could this not be a celebration when God knows my sins, my habits, my hangups, my skeletons in the closet, and yet he still loves me and he still dies in my place for my sin? That, my friends, is our savior. There's no other God in this world who will do that for you. No other religion has any leader who would do that but Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate tonight. We mourn and we celebrate. To ensure that Jesus was dead, a professional executioner ran a spear through his side, which punctured his heart sack, and water and blood flowed from his side. This is further evidence that Jesus died of a heart attack. The sack around the heart filled with water until the pressure caused Jesus' heart to stop beating. My friends, Jesus Christ died from both a literal and a metaphorical broken heart. For many years, the most sacred place on earth had been the temple where the presence of God dwelt behind a thick curtain Only one person each year, the high priest, was allowed to pass by that curtain and enter the presence of God on one day, the day of atonement. But at the death of Jesus, the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom, signifying that God had opened his presence to the world, to the cross of Jesus. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, The Apostle Paul says this, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scripture. And this word here, for, it can mean either for the benefit of or because of. My friends, Jesus died because of our sin. It was our sin, but his death. From the beginning of scripture to the end, the penalty for sin or doing things wrong, not according to God's plan or God's way, the penalty was death. Therefore, if we sin, if we do even one thing wrong, we should die. That that is the death sentence that the Bible carries out for us. But it is Jesus, the sinless one, who dies in our place for our sin. He takes the position that we should have taken, and he dies for us. He takes the punishment, the chastisement, the stripes, the scourging that was all meant for us. He takes it upon himself, and he gives us an eternal life. That's what God does. It is Jesus, the sinless one, who dies in our place for our sin. My friends, dear church, in a few moments, we're gonna be participating in communion. It is a time when we take these symbols and they become a part of us. Do you know the reason why we actually intake this into our bodies? Because this is our form of becoming one with Christ. Jesus doesn't just want you to know him experientially or theologically. No, he wants you to know him personally. We are becoming one with God. That's exactly what Jesus accomplished on the cross. That's what we're celebrating today. And so as I conclude this message and as we're gonna be participating in communion, the good news for you and for me, the Good Friday, good, awesome, amazing news that could ever exist is that Jesus died to take upon himself the penalty of our sin. You and I were supposed to be on that cross. You and I were supposed to have a death. But Jesus said, I'm going in your place. What better news could we need than that? So in theological terms, this means that Jesus' death was substitutionary. It was vicarious. And in our place solely for our benefit and without benefit for himself. Imagine, we barely do things that are good for people who love us. We scarcely do anything good for people who hate us. And yet we hated God and God did everything for us in order to procure salvation for us. That is the essence of his love. So we find The cross of Jesus to be the crux of the good news because it was there that Jesus atoned for our sin according to the promise of scripture. My friends, God has lovingly worked out a way for our friendship with him to be reconciled. Can you imagine that you are a friend of the God of the universe and you can come to God with no shame no guilt you can come to his throne with courage with boldness not because your righteousness or your good works got you there but because of the work of Jesus Christ allows you to approach the throne of God This is why Jesus' death on the cross allows me to come to Jesus and to come to his table even when my hands are dirty. This is why Jesus allows people who were sinners and horrible people and did a lot of wrong things and God said, I'm sending Jesus Christ to reverse all the wrong you have done. That, my friends, is the gospel. The gospel is I didn't do anything to deserve this, and yet God blesses me. The gospel is it's not what I do, it's what Jesus has done. The gospel is Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, seeing every wrong thing you've ever done and saying, I am well pleased with you because I love you. That, my friends, is the gospel. Through the cross, Jesus took away our sin, so that we can be reconciled to God. And thankfully, God not only graciously takes away our sin and our shame and our guilt, but mercifully extends himself to us, knowing that we desperately need him. God doesn't just save us. He continuously is with us. That's the kind of God we worship. So my friends, I want us to remember this as we... Celebrate Good Friday, and as we anticipate the resurrection of Jesus and what we're going to be celebrating on Sunday, that the cross is something done by us. We murdered God, but the cross is something done for us. God loves us, and he died to forgive us. And today, he has forgiven you, and he has given you eternal life, and he wants to give you peace because of what his son Jesus did for you and for me on the cross amen you are listening to a message preached by pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine California for more information about Forward Church please visit forward.fm